Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, I'm Alan Cumming, and welcome to my shelves. My shelves are sort of a museum of my life. I like to keep things from my travels that are, to me anyway, the very essence of the experiences I've had. Sort of portals, if you will, to a specific time and place. And the inspiration for stories and memories and musings. Here's my invitation to the White House, framed from President and Mrs Clinton for a cocktail party which I wasn't able to attend because I missed my plane. Here's my actual Etch-a-Sketch, my magic Etch-a-Sketch from my childhood. It still works. And today I'm talking to the legend that is Lulu. People like Ray Charles. You know that nighttime, night and day is the right time to be with the one you love. That's the kind of thing I like. Yes. Welcome, bienvenue. Lulu grew up in Glasgow in Scotland and she shot to fame in 1964 with the song Shout when it uh, hit the charts and she was only 15 years old at the time. She went on to have loads and loads of hits in the UK charts and in America she had a number one hit with To Sir With Love, the theme tune of the film uh, with the same name starring Sidney Poitier in which she also acted. In the late 60s and up until 1975, she had her own TV show uh, on British television. That's what I always remember, like these Saturday night shows of Lulu and all these guests and dancers and sketches and everything. It was just, when I was growing up, I was obsessed with Lulu. She won the Eurovision Song Contest in 1969 with a song called Boom Bang A Bang. We'll hear more about that later. It's not her favourite song. In 1974, she recorded the title song for the James Bond film, The Man with the Golden Gun. And she also covered two David Bowie songs that year, The Man Who Sold the World and Watch That Man. In the 90s, she became a songwriter, as we'll hear. She wrote I Don't Want to Fight, written with her brother, which Tina Turner recorded and became a huge hit. And that same year, she also paired up with the boy band Take That for the song Relight My Fire. She went on to tour with Take That and she even appeared in the BBC television series Absolutely Fabulous. She is absolutely fabulous. Lulu is a national treasure and I am just so honoured to be able to speak to her today. And the thing that I am going to talk to her about that I've taken down from my shelves is an old record, a, a 45 vinyl record. It's in a little paper um, holder which says Columbia Records on it. And it is a song that I was obsessed with when I was a little boy. And this is the actual copy I've had all these years. It's called I'm a Tiger <laughs> by Lulu. So, oh, this is so exciting. Here she is. Lulu, 
I have in front of me. Yes, Alan. I have mm-hmm. in front of me a thing I took off my shelves. It's a forty-five. A it's a forty-five. Oh. It's uh, it's one of your forty-fives. It's I'm a tiger, and it's uh, <laughs> I've got the record, the original record that I had when I was a little boy, and it came out in 1968. It must have been in my parents' collection. Um, <laughs> On Columbia Records, a Mickey Most production. And it's so funny because I realized that Mickey Most to me was, he was a judge on New Faces, mm-hmm. which was like the sort of, you know, um, oh. the voice or idol, one of those kind of yes. shows. Equivalent. He, yeah, absolutely. And I, that's how I recognize him. I didn't realize that he, so he produced your music, did he, in, in those times? Uh, and there's, a, there's a story. I mean, there was a story to everything. There's always there's a, story, a story, Lily. Oh, <laughs> so depends which part of it you want to I want, tell. I want the juiciest. <laughs> <laughs> I want the world leader gossip. Be, I'll be very discerning. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Mickey uh, was called a hit maker. Uh-huh. Mickey was a record producer, and that's why he was on that that TV show that as as a judge. Yes. Um, you know, he was a kind of a Simon Cowell type person. Right. Yeah. But um. But anyway, Mickey produced. Who did he produce before I went with him? Because I originally started with Decca Records and was on the same label as the Rolling Stones. And, and, and Tom Jones and I had the same producer, uh, Peter Sullivan. Wow. But then I, I went, where did I go then? Oh, then Mickey, who was making a lot of hits. He made hits. Uh, he produced records for Hermits. Hermits. Oh, yeah. He got big American hits. He produced The Animals. I mean, talk about wow. chalk and cheese. Yeah. So he... He had a very wide, um, uh, what do you call it when you have Spectrum. A, uh, yeah, wide spectrum is a good word. It's a good word. It's not the one I was looking for. Yeah, I, this my age, I have to wait for what's to come. Oh, please. That's, <laughs> I go, wait a minute, minute, wait a minute. I'll tell you his name in a minute. It'll, just if you can hold on. Oh, we'll just talk about something else. And, and then <laughs> in the middle of our conversation, the name comes. <laughs> but anyway, Spectrum is a very, he had a wide uh, spectrum of, of, of people that he produced, artists. Oh. And uh, so... My manager thought it would be great because he was the hot number at the moment. So I went with Mickey and uh, the I'm a Tiger song. You know who it was? It was written by, probably you don't know him because you're too young. It was written by but, R. Um, Scott and M. Wilde, it says here on the record. Marty Wilde was a Marty big Wilde. rock and roll star, English rock and roll star. Oh, is he Kim Wilde's dad? He's Kim Wilde's dad. Ah, right. So uh, when Mickey brought me that song... And most songs he brought me were kind of like that song. And that song, it was a hit. Everything he did with me was a hit. Were kind of, I, I, don't, really, I don't really have the proper words. I don't think I've ever found uh, the words that I, I could describe, but they were sort of light. That's being right. kind and that's being <laughs> gentle and being evasive, yeah. in fact, because I didn't like it. Right, right, right. So he, put, but he convinced me this was a hit. This was a hit. This was a hit. And my manager looked at me and she said, "Well, that's what you need. You need hit." So I'm like, I'm looking at them both, and I'm very young. <clears throat> and I thought, okay. And you know, to go, I'm a tiger. I'm a tiger. I'm a tiger. I'm a tiger. That was it, right? Yes, that's it. It was a big, big hit. Huge. But really and truly, I was huge. But really and truly, I wanted to sing. Walk me out in the morning, you my honey. Dong, dong, dong. Walk me out in the morning. You know. Yeah, right. Bluesy, rocky. No, I'm a tiger. I'm a. So, so I felt a bit I girly and of, sort of. Uh, 
pop tarty lightweight right right i felt i think i thought i was a big fat mama you know I you, felt like I was should sing the big bluesy. Well, that's what was interesting rocky. about you because you you sort of sounded like a big fat mama, but you were like the sweet, lot, the sweet not lassie. On not on that one, no, no. And how how hilarious <laughs> that this is the song that why I took this and, and why this record is special to me is that my mum always says that when I was a little boy, when people, you know, it's so embarrassing when your mum gets asked questions about you, but she used to always say, you know, you know, did uh, did you notice that Alan wanted to be a performer? And it goes, well, she always says, well. And I go, oh, here it comes. I'm a tiger. She goes, he always used to like to get a hairbrush and sing I Am a Tiger by Lulu. I'm like, shut up, mom. <laughs> but I remember that. I was obsessed with that song. Well, how old were you? Uh, well, I mean. Seven? No, like in nine, I mean, when it, it must have been later because I would only be th- I was I was only born in 1960. I was only three in 1968. So oh, exactly. Well, that's yeah. kind of where I'm going right. with this. That's exactly who I'm. I feel that's who it would appeal to. And you know that to be and to be objective about get away from me, 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 and you know analyzing myself and my career, and my life. You know when you look at music, the music business, and, and t- you hit records, pop records. Any era, there are songs that are a bit like nursery rhymes, and they're great and they're fun. Gosh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. When you did "I'm a Tiger," was that sort of a a diversion? You were taking a diversion to more sort of mainstream pop because when like you first burst onto the scene, you you were sort of like this rockery kind of raucous sort of person, weren't you? You didn't. You you, you, you yeah. I had a voice that didn't really. That belied my who what I looked like. I think, yeah. Because you were what, what? How old were you when Shout came out? Like sixteen. I recorded it when I was fourteen, and it actually, because of the the Scottish educational laws, um, I was not allowed to leave school until I was fifteen. So therefore, he was not allowed to go. I wasn't allowed to work. Wow. So there was no point in them putting the record out until I could run around doing promo on it. Um, so how come yes, did you, was... how come like, uh, so how did you come to be 14 years old and get, having a record deal? How did that happen? <laughs> well, I put blame it all on the Beatles or actually, to be serious, it, there's no blame. I owe it to mm. the, the Beatles. The Beatles really sort of paved the way for so many acts, so many musicians so many artists in this country, mm-hmm. worldwide too, but mainly in this country. Because before that, I you see, I had always really admired and people like Ray Charles, you know that nighttime, night and day is the right time to be with the one you love. That's the kind of thing I liked. Yes. And that was his hit, you know, and he had other stuff that were bluesy that my father used to say, well, that man no stop moaning. Um, because it's the way he sang. <laughs> you know, the blues is all about moaning. kind of moaning yeah. a bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, <clears throat> so back to the Beatles, they really, Alan, uh, opened the gates. Yeah. And What do you mean for people, was... like for people, for like... Working class for musicians. people and is that what you mean? Uh, you mean musicians yeah, in and general? For musicians. Or, uh, well, they, they, well, actually there's many, that's a very good question because I think there are many ways they opened the gates and many ways they changed the world. Yeah. <laughs> they instigated a revolution. Mm. I mean, you know, politically it, it was bubbling under, but f- for uh, pop culture, they 
they changed the world. They, once they started to become successful and the whole world went crazy apeshit for them, Yes, uh, it, it then made, that what happened was everyone was looking for new talent and looking for new talent from where they came. Right. And, you know, not just Liverpool. They looked at Scotland. They looked, you know, Birmingham. They looked at Newcastle. You know, they looked everywhere. So Manchester, it was like everywhere. a move away from everything being London-centric in Britain. And in, in a way, in a way. Uh, uh, but certainly the, the, the sort of spread, the arms spread out to reach out and find talent and bring them to London, to be fair. Right. Uh, stretch out and find the hidden talent that was obviously in this country. And so I, you know, can thank them. And I think anybody who had success from this country at that point was should be grateful to the Beatles because they opened the doors. Brian right, Epstein yeah. and the Beatles. Right. Um, so I, there, was a, there was actually, um, I used to sing in a band. I mean, from the age of 12 or 13, I was singing. I mean, from five, I was in competitions. My mother would put me in for competitions. But I, I was in actually, I think from maybe from 11, 10 or 11, I sang with an accordion band. Oh, my God, did you really? Sunday concerts, yeah. Wow. I used to, there was a part in the middle where they'd, they'd break up. The huge accordion band would break into a four-piece and um, with a drummer. And I would come on and sing a couple of pop songs that were in the charts. Uh-huh. With accordion backup. So from there, Hilarious. But with one accordion at that point and a guitar and uh, maybe a keyboard and, and drums. But that then then a man came to my mother and asked my mother if I would join his son's band. He had a band called the Bell Rocks. And I was then, what, 12 or 13? Because the, the actual accordion band was my mother's cousin's band. I so that's see. how I got in. Right, right. And um, everyone used to talk about me in my area where I lived that, you know, I would sing. Everybody would ask me to sing because I could always sing. And I was always, well, I'd rather sing than do anything else. Right. So um, dodge school as much as possible. When you were in this band, I mean, it was the other people in the band were grown ups. And you were just yes. a wee girl. But I mean, were you sort of... I, I, I'd stick you out frocks. <laughs> Hilarious. But were you, I mean, I don't mean to be sort of uh, rude, but were you like a developed a, a developed sort of child? Did you look older than you were? No, I, no, I didn't. You looked like a wee lassie. I looked like, I looked like a wee lassie with a sticky out frock with this, like I said, my look never really... Um, coincided went parallel with the sound of my voice and in fact later on that became an issue and I can see now looking back that it was difficult for record companies with me because I didn't look how I sounded and you know I I also discovered that Christina Aguilera had a similar issue with herself that they didn't want her to sing the song she wanted to sing but you know it's that's history and Uh, it's also a thing about women isn't it like women Mm-hmm. musicians mm-hmm. getting kind of pushed into this sort of little cutesy pop tart sort of mold mm-hmm. happens all the time absolutely i mean it it, ha- it happens to women in every area of business yes yes the patriarchy at work lulu yeah and you know often i mean even my one of my brightest associates um and friends um brilliant businesswoman you know made millions um in business we talk we talk about this kind of thing all the time and Mm. you know she uh she said 
she's 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 like me she's small but she doesn't have a big voice like me she has a little voice and she said she always has to have a man with her because it until people got to know who she was right because they really wouldn't and when when the man was in the room even though she fed the man all the information they uh, or she but if she tried to talk they wouldn't look at her they'd look at him yeah, yeah. they'd ask a question to him so in and in you know in my situation because i was young and because i you know I didn't. I didn't feel I had, had the, the weight to really argue with with uh, producers and record companies. Well, it must I have been so daunting. You're just you're just a little I would go off teenager. And cry. Yeah. Oh, would you? No, I would cry. Exactly. I was very young, and my manager Marion was brilliant. I mean, she fought my corner so much, but it was hard because she never. She wasn't a hardened music person. She was just a, a housewife who was happened to be a trained coloratura soprano, uh-huh. but. Where she was she from? Glasgow? My... No, she was from London. So how did she come to be your manager when she was just a housewife? Not just a housewife, but was a housewife. Was a housewife, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, it is a strange, we felt it was a very karmic um, relationship that we had, how we came together and, be, and I mean, it was quite an incredible relationship. She was like a surrogate mother and a business partner and a guide, mentor, etc. She had a brother who had was opening discotheques. <laughs> That's how she said. I love He's that. opening discotheques in Glasgow. And he met Lulu. And anyway, so Tony, I went in for this competition. I was By then I was like 13, 13, 13 and a half. Uh-huh. And um, the, the Express were having a, the Daily Express were having a big competition for talent. Lots of the bands, the local bands, and I was by then in a band, in a rock and roll band, singing in a club, a jive club, on Sundays, sometimes Tuesday nights. And um, so I was discovered there by Tony Gordon. Tony Gordon, by the by, yes, uh, was George was um, Boy George's manager. Start uh, found a Boy George. Wow! So he found he he was in Glasgow and he came to the club where you were singing. And that was how you thought that. And then, you know, I won this competition or I came second to this competition, one or the other. And he definitely decided that he and another guy should manage me. And then he decided once I got my contract with Decca, he decided he couldn't possibly manage a 15 year old girl. So he asked why? his sister to come to the recording. Oh, that was his sister. Why did he feel why did he feel he couldn't? It'd be Well, first of all, he was he had discotheque. Starling. Oh, I see. And right. he, <laughs> he had to hear these disco clubs, you know, and he was very busy in that. And he felt awkward. Right. I was yeah. a girl. I was a little girl, you yeah. know, and his sister was such a he was very close to his sister. His sister had, was kind of bored. Her three children were the, at the Lycée Francais and she had a you know, big house in Holland Park and she needed she wanted to find something to do with her life. And he Gosh. said, come to the studio. Maybe you can help me manage this kid. And because, that was then. Know, that's how you you just had a great music. you had a great connection, that's and then it. you became she became Incredible. your manager. Incredible! Wow. I mean, it was de- it was kind of destiny, you know. Yeah. Hello, I'm Sam Walker. I've spent the last few months talking to this guy. I'm a hunter. It's what I do. He's called KC. Our rules of engagement are pretty simple. If we have to pull a trigger on one person, they're all going to go. He's an American vigilante. And there is one of the biggest men I've ever seen 
and he's got a knife in his hand. He rescues kidnapped children. There's no feeling in the world like putting a child back in the arms of its parents. By any means necessary. Well, it's ugly. You want me to make sure I don't hurt anybody? He scares me. And he kind of looked at me, and I said, I swear to God, I said, if you do anything other than what I told you to do, I said, I'm going to kill you right here. And he might scare you. About got tears in your eyes right now just thinking about that, don't you? Download the podcast, American Vigilante. Download American Vigilante. Out now. Now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My heart and soul is in the blues right. and rock and roll. That's where my heart and soul is. That's where I live. That's where I come from. And um, as a child, you know, I as a small, a really small child, mm. I, you know, I used to listen to Ray Charles. I used to listen to gospel, it, anything that's gospel based. And, you know, most of the Motown stuff was. Yeah. So that's where I lean and it's not to say that they're not commercial. It's like when, but, you know, for me to go on and sing and even on Boom Banger Bang, if I watch that film, if my eyes don't go up to my head 5,000 times, who <laughs> did I think I was? A good damn Cupid doll? You know what I mean? But that was encouraged. And in part of me was a child, naive and all the rest of it. Mm. But part of me was an R&B mama. Right. You know, right. Was, 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 that's where, and, and, and so... There was a contradiction there all the time. But was there? Did you feel pressure to do that? Yes, yes, I did. From whom? Like your manager was. or the record company or what? From most people that were older than me, that mm. I, you know, I felt, you know, they, they, they didn't get me. They didn't, and I would never have said those words. They don't get me. Mm. But it's like I don't like these. I don't like these. I didn't know. Not didn't have the language to express myself. Yeah. I don't have much of language today, but I'm much more than I used to, <laughs> because now I could say this doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't authentic to me. So, and of course, I'm an artist. I'm not. I, I don't know what. I'm not a puppet. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. It but was so difficult. Do you, do you, but, you know, I can't complain because I've, I've lasted all these years. Yes. And I've also had, because I've had this longevity, I've also been able to be more philosophical about the things that didn't work because the ones who felt like me and did what I did, like Janice Joplin, she's dead. Right. Yeah, there's that. I had an older manager and she was a mother. 
if I'd have been with some cool young management company, mm. who, who knows? knows where I would have ended up? So I am very philosophical about and it. And it's not like you haven't had your rock out phases. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm doing it now. Yeah. I'm still doing it. <laughs> it's crazy. I was, I go, it's looking crazy. at you like you've done, you do duet with David <laughs> Bowie. Do you say Bowie or Bowie? Yeah. I asked him the same question because in, in, in Glasgow, we had some cleaners that were called Bowies. Yeah. So I said, is it Bowie or is it Bowie? He said, whatever you like. Oh, Most people cute. say Bowie. Yeah, and it, it, people like in America always Bowie. say Bowie. But yeah, we, I, yeah, I used to say David Bowie all the time. But uh, yeah. I um, yeah, I think Suit it, yourself. Suit yourself. I loved it. He didn't mind. But yeah, you did stuff with him. And oh, I mean, then, then latterly more like those things with Take That and all these different. And then I love the, how much of a songwriter you are. Like one of my favorite songs of yours is that one. There's a fair moon in the sky. Da, 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 da. Oh, I love that, that was song. The Tina hit. That was the Tina Turner oh, hit. That, yeah. I really, I think it's great. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that you as an artist, you've, you, you've been in all these different phases and different genres and then you've, and you've written for other people. You seem really sort of selfless in that way. Oh, that's kind of, well, I would, Thank you. I like the way you put it. What happened was, and a lot of people have said to me, why didn't you keep that for yourself? Why didn't you do that? I said, look, my brother and I figured it out. They were making a big, big, big movie about her. They were spending gazillions of mm-hmm. dollars. She hadn't had a hit in America for like eight years. They were going to push this thing, and the campaign was going to get her much more attention than mine would. Right. I know, I know right. because you have the, they have the film company and you have the record company. So we figured out it wasn't you really actually, if you'd have thought about it yourself, you, you wouldn't, you would say, and I was at that point just writing. That was the first song. Was it really? The first song you'd written? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good start, Lulu. So, yeah. So can you see where that was a fantastic, really lucky? Yeah. Uh, uh, moment for me yeah to get someone like and to get someone like tina to sing and and you know when we did the demo they actually she um i hear that when she well it's kind of not true of everybody but happens to a lot of artists that the, the, the producer will not correct your way of singing but guide you to phrase differently and certainly in the edit they use the best vocal you did right you know where you're phrasing slightly better in one than it yeah. is in the other yeah I mean, even I mean, actually, a lot of people not, don't even sing on the note, so they auto tune every, yeah. every note. But yeah. but Tina, of course, you know, you know how great Tina is. Her phrasing and her the way she sang it was a, was a copy of of how I did, uh, did the demo. Did so the, the demo. whole thing was such a a big boost for my my ego, but really yeah, for my confidence. confidence. More than yeah, anything. absolutely. I can yeah, imagine. because I hadn't written before. So can you see how great that was? Yeah, I didn't know that was the first song you'd ever written. Yes, it was. I was not a songwriter. I'd probably put in a few lines on a. I think my brother wrote for Three Dog Night, and I, I did a few lines in the song, but right. I didn't consider myself a songwriter. And funnily enough, Alan, I don't really consider myself a fully-fledged songwriter because I started so late. <laughs> And I like to collaborate. I don't like to do it on my own. Uh-huh. I enjoy the collaboration. I also don't like to be a solo singer. I like to have my right, band. Right, yeah. Um, so I don't, I always think my brother's the real songwriter because that's, he's done that since he 
practically was born and doesn't stop every day writes Does he i really? don't i only write if there's a project right <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna send you some stuff we did recently oh i'd love the that COVID thing i'd love yeah, that yeah because I, I that's such a revelation to me i didn't realize that's because i knew i knew that was a big thing for you and i knew that you know that tina had recorded but i love your recording of it but i just don't oh, i didn't you. know that it was your first one that's so fascinating but is can you see why that was such a great oh my god it was yeah a lucky move that we that we i mean i i would i kind of when i'm in a certain state of my i say well that was that was me with my business well it was me with my business hat on mm, right totally but also what a lovely mm-hmm. i love tina turner she's such a nice person i you know she uh sang the song goldeneye for the james bond film i was in that yes and i um yes. met at the premiere i uh met her she was such a sweetheart and she um Aww. she i was i just i remember in the lineup we're waiting to go on stage at the for the world premiere and uh, i was between her and G- judy dench waiting to go on and the thing i was like oh, oh my god what the hell did this happen oh. and uh, <laughs> and she had like uh i saw she had um you know, gold nail varnish on our toes. And I said, like, oh, I like, mm-hmm. I was just trying to make calls. I said, what do you say to Tina Turner? I was so sort of starstruck. So yeah. I said, oh, I love your, I love your nail varnish, Tina, on your toe. And she, and she went, oh, well, I have golden toes. And then she closed her eyes and she had um, gold eyeshadow on shows and golden eyes. I thought, ah. And then at the party, so I, at the party, I took my mom and uh, everything to the party. And I looked over at one point and there was my mum and Tina Turner and Judy Dench all standing together chatting. It was cr- one of these oh. crazy moments. Oh, that's such a wonderful memory. It really was. And my mum's always oh. like, it was one time I was in a, a hotel in LA and I called my mum and said, oh, I hear Tina Turner's in this hotel. She goes, send her my love. <laughs> 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 my wee mum thinks I'm just and talking course- to Tina Turner all the time. But she would have been thrilled if you just said, oh, hi, Tina, you remember me? My mother said so. Totally. She would have totally. loved it. Lily, this is uh, hilarious, I'm going to tell you now, because you won't remember this, but we met in 1982 because, so I was 17. Yeah, I was 17. It was in Manchester. And what happened was I was at the time, it was before, just before I went to drama school, I was working for DC Thompson's as a sub-editor on this magazine. Um, I went with my, my editor, uh, who's called Harry, he took me on a trip to Manchester to meet writers or something. We went to Manchester. And we were in the Piccadilly Hotel next to the Piccadilly radio station. And we were checking in and I saw you going past. And I was like, oh my God, it's Lulu. And my editor said, <laughs> go and ask her for an interview. I was like, what? He goes, that's what you have to do. You're a journalist and you're a, good, a sub-editor. You've got to go and do this. So go and ask her. So I went up to you and went, hi, Lulu. I, I, I mean, I, was, I looked like a child. I mean, like, I, like you, I was, saying, <laughs> I was 17, but I looked probably 13. And I was <laughs> being taken along by my editor to, to sort of, you know, show me the ropes. And I went up and asked you and, and you said, you know, yes, I'm here. I think you were doing like a radio tour. Is that what you would do? A radio tour of radio stations for, with a, a new record or something? I was probably promoting something. Yeah. yeah. And I, and you said, but, and you were so cute because I was Scottish. You're asking me where I was from and we had a little chat. And then, so the next day at like four o'clock or something, I had to, I had to meet you in the lobby and we and I was going to interview you and I was so nervous. And what was hilarious was remember in the eighties that boys, <laughs> men wore those shoes with the little tassels well, they still do I suppose little tassels yeah, on the shoe yeah. so I had a pair of those 
and we sat down. There was really low chairs, and you sat down, and I sat down. I crossed my legs, and right in front of my face, I could see that my tassels were missing off my shoes. They must have fallen <laughs> off. And I remember just thinking, "Oh my god, Lulu's going to see. I don't have any tassels. Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm so glad you don't remember because it's haunted me for decades. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Well, yeah. you know what I what's and it's a very vague thing. That's it's, it's a moment that sticks out in my mind. It's there, but it's very foggy. <laughs> Isn't it funny when it you was, get prompted? We were, uh, that's a fa- that's such a sweet story. Oh my god! But we were actually getting and I think we were well oiled and that's why I only remember some of it at a at a was it the arts club? <gasps> oh yes. What was that for? Was it an after party of something? I don't know. I can't remember. I think <laughs> we were so uh, oh <laughs> so drunk. Wait, it wasn't a thing for the scissor sisters. Was it we were at a scissor sisters party been. one time. Could have been. Could have been. And I remember having a lovely chat with you. And actually, Grant, my husband, said that there was something we were at one time and I had to go and get my photo taken or something like that. And he was standing there and it was like with a lot of famous people. And it's an interesting thing, you know, when you're, I think it's a really great thing when you are with someone and you see, and you're famous and they're not, and you see how people react to you and how they sometimes don't see the non-famous person in a situation like that. Yes, and it's not, yes. it's not, a, it's not a, a criticism. It's just like they're sort of blinded by the thing. And so they don't mean to be exclusive or rude, but they sometimes are. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he, and he's, you know, he's an artist. He's not kind of uh, bothered by all that, but he notices it. And I, and it's made me actually much more conscious of it too. And, yes, um, but he said that you were so lovely because it was a situation where he was left and he was the sort of the, person people didn't know who he was and then and and he said that you came over and said oh, who are you and have a seat and blah, blah. and you were just really lovely and made a real point of making him feel comfortable so <laughs> yes he that's got, really nice it does it is that's, really nice and you're and really I'm, nice. I'm really pleased with myself yeah I'm no it's good it's a good quality was, but it's a sort of scottish thing don't you think we always try to make people yeah feel it is very yeah, welcoming and, yeah 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 and you're no better than anybody else so include everybody no yes. absolutely and what are you up to these days lily well, all of a sudden, it's gone crazy. I think when I spoke to you before, I was telling you that there was not, was not a lot going on. But um, <clears throat> I'm actually going to do, funnily enough, we mentioned him just before. I'm doing four outdoor concerts with Boy George. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, that's good. So I'm doing gigs, back doing gigs. Gigging. I have been writing. Good. I have been, um, I told you I was working with my, an acting coach, and I have been for three years now. Love, 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 love. And uh, that's what I've done during the COVID. I hurt my back also doing oh. too much gardening. Oh, sweeping, really? actually sweeping <laughs> the, the leaves. And I've moved house. Oh, and so I've got now. I've got the gigs uh, with George. I have uh, a bunch of festivals that I'm going to do. I'm doing. What else am I doing? Well, I'm doing gigs. I'm back working, and my band. I'm going to rehearse with my wow. band. My MD lives in in uh, Florida. He's coming in. Uh, I'm going into the studio to do a couple of things that my brother and I have written. Um, and then in the autumn, winter, I'm doing a tour with Jules Holland. Wow. Oh, God. Look, yeah. Now, I don't, like, you're a lady in your 
72. 72. <laughs> Lily, look at you and you're gigging away. It's, it's I love amazing. It. Oh, I hope I, I hope I drop. I, I actually, I hope I go off stage and then say, oh, I'm feeling a wee bit tired and then goodbye. That would be That's nice. I hope yeah, to die yeah, that way. Yeah. That would be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be lovely. <laughs> I'm putting that out there. That's nice. Yeah. Um, also, I just remembered that I I think we met another time when Jordan, your son, went yeah. a long, long time ago. He went out with this lovely girl called Rachel, uh, who was a, a model who was... My, I was going out with my, my, my ex um, fiance actually Saffron. She was she had been a model, and they were models together. And we some, that's where I met you with Saffron. We, that's, and that was the club. That was it when was we were at the Saffron. arts club. Yes. was it with Jordan? And it was all that. Jordan. Oh well, the reason that by God. yeah, the reason was that Saffron and I were there was because Jordan was going out with Rachel. I'm pretty certain. Uh, lovely Rachel. She's a lovely girl. But uh, yeah, that's when we first met. That's right. It was, there was somewhere where it was, it was like a birthday party or something we were at, and we were all yes. Isn't that? And I remember we got on like a house. Yes, we did. Boat. Yes, that's right. He laughed, laughed <laughs> all night. I think that's how. That's what. That's my memory. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally. My yeah. That you and I laughed the whole bloody night. Yes. So funny. I was talking today about how important. Like we're talking about mental health and just about how actually the act of laughing is such a good thing for your body. Sort of release of stuff and, you know, it, it's obviously you're happy and that's why you're doing it. But it's like this, it's a physical thing, a physical sort of manifestation. I think it must of, produce endorphins It too, does, yes. it does. And it must and because. I just think it's when you, when yeah. you have fun with someone and laugh, it's, it's yeah. so great. I was talking to my friend Monica today and we just, we actually sometimes, she did this podcast and we laughed so much. That actually, sometimes you can't hear what we're saying because we're just laughing like dreams the entire time. We're going to have to turn That's down great. one of our mics to oh, actually hear what we're talking about. It's so great when that happens. It's uncontrollable joy. Yeah, yeah. Uncontrollable laughter. Oh, my God. I did, you know, I watched, uh, <laughs> I did RuPaul, you know, his, oh, God, I shouldn't say that. You're not supposed to announce it. But anyway. Oh, the yeah. Drag Race. Oh, it'll be out. This will be out before you, yeah. um, before this comes out. So, um, the, uh, what you were like a I was guest saying I'm judge. not crazy for, yeah, no, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I was saying to, um, I think it may have been Graham, it was Graham Norton the other day, and I said to him, I, uh, I am not crazy for reality television, I really don't like it. I mm. mean, he said, Well, what would you call RuPaul? Because I said how much I love it. Oh, I said, That's not reality television. That's entertainment. Uh, that's just joyous fun. That's good. And that's why. It is so fun during uh, COVID, during, you know, with the lockdowns. Yeah. It just made people laugh. It was smiley. It was yeah. just so much fun. A couple of years ago at the Edinburgh Festival, I did a club coming party, you know, I, to sort of close the Edinburgh International Festival. And I had this idea that I, you know, they sort of prepared it. I, I just flew in for the one night. But I, there was a, a guy helping me out. And I said, try and get as many drag queens from all around the world who are all performing in Edinburgh, all to come down at like, you know, two o'clock in the morning once all their shows are done. And we had this international drag queen parade. And it was just the most hilarious thing. I was going, and now Bratislava, you know, and this girl would come out. And now Australia. It was just fantastic. And we won. The Scott, the Scottish entry that won. lovely boy. Lawrence Cheney. Lawrence. And I love the way we would say Lawrence Cheney. <laughs> he was trying to say it with a Glasgow accent. And it was great. I love Lawrence Cheney. And from word one, 
I thought, I think he's going to win. Oh, really? I just think he's so... I, I've just seen clips of him. What a darling, what a lovely heart and sort of this great... The, and the other Scottish boy, they were all brilliant, actually. Yeah. I couldn't get over it. And I, I was hoping I'd be on with Lawrence Cheney, but I wasn't. <laughs> uh, um, so I love him. I love And him. also Lawrence Cheney sounds like, it's like Lon Cheney was that sort of um, horror yes. film star. Yes, very movie famous star, wasn't he? actor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. Lulu, um, thank you so much for doing this. And I've just loved um, this little trip down memory lane. And th- honestly, this picture this um record of uh, i'm a tiger it's very precious to me <laughs> and i uh oh. it's been so lovely to be able to sort of share all that with you and you know thanks for coming on and that's really and cute. being so that's lovely really so well it's just a pleasure and it's um it's also a pleasure to talk to someone who is not going to ask me the same old same old same old things oh that's good so oh thanks yes <laughs> i'm i'm sure you find that oh, too please but um i um I definitely want to do your uh, Saturday night cabaret. Well, Saturday night something. on Broadway. But maybe, maybe we should do a, a duet. I mean, wasn't didn't that guys and dolls have? I've never been in love before. before. Da, 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 Is that a duet? Da, da, da. I think so. Is I've never been. Na, 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 da, 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 da. Can't remember song. actually. Can't remember. We could do something like that, or we could do something more fun. Oh, it would, love you know, that. would be fun. Let's do something. I'd love that. Oh Just my god! Just for a laugh. Let's Just for a, a laugh. Duet. Let's do a duet. That'd be yes! so great. Let's oh have my a laugh. god. <laughs> All right, my darling. Well, you, love you. You love you. It's so great to talk to you, and yeah, it's just so great to feel your spirit all the way across the. Oh, and world. by the way, I must say again, your book. My whole family have read it, and oh, they, really? everybody just. Oh, such you're such a good writer. Well, thank you. I have another one coming out. Did but I tell if you your that? story is, huh? Got another one coming out later this year. Yes, you told me we'll be buying that too. <laughs> plug, 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 plug. <laughs> God bless. You too. Thanks, Lily. Well, I'm going over to my record player now to pop I'm a Tiger on and have a little dance to myself. I hope you've enjoyed this trip down memory lane with me and Lulu, and I hope you'll join me next time on Alan Cummings Shelves. Alan Cummings Shelves is hosted by me, Alan Cumming, duh, and produced by the lovely Jack Claremont. We are part of the ACAS Creator Network and the Crowd Network too. We just love networks. Another Crowd Network podcast to check out is The Joe Marler Show. Joe is an England rugby player, but here's the catch. His guests are normal people doing normal jobs. He's meeting teachers, chefs, stuntwomen, tattoo artists, marine biologists, astronauts and soldiers. And he's asking all the questions you or I would ask. It's as simple as that. But it's also charming because everyone is interesting if you ask the right questions. Just search for The Joe Marler Show in your podcast app.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 